Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. My name is Hilmarie Hutchison and I am the CEO of Matrix Public Relations. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Akanksha Tangri. She is a producer and a writer who has worked for the world's top publications and production houses, an advocate for mental health and the founder of Reset. Akanksha was also featured in the Forbes 30 Under 30 last year and she's only getting started. Akanksha, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Hilmarie. It's a pleasure. It's lovely to have you here. Akanksha, could you please introduce yourself and give us a quick recap of your background and how you ended up here in the UAE? So the UAE has been home for me. My family's been here for over 25 years. Many Dubai kids who study here and then live away for a few years and then move back. The same thing happened with me. I uh, moved to Canada for a while and I studied there and then I did my undergrad. And then from there, I ended up moving to New York to do my master's and got a break at CNN as an intern on Fareed Zakaria's show, which was a dream come true. And from there, I ended up joining Vice News when it was just getting started as a production assistant and then moved to Vice's Canada office as an associate producer when Vice Canada was launching its new daily show. I was there for about three years. We did a wide range of stories. I interviewed and met some incredible people and got to do really great journalism. And at that time, I thought that it would be best to start something of my own and challenge myself personally and professionally. And what better place to do that. Dubai is a mix of the East and the West. So I moved back home and uh, here I am. Wow, how incredible. You've certainly done so much already in your career. Let's talk about that exciting career with the different publications and production houses that you've been part of. How did you decide to get into writing and producing? I've wanted to be a journalist since I was in grade one. It's all I've ever wanted to do in my life. And I made sure that I worked towards that because it was my passion and it still is my passion. So for me, getting into reading and writing, I was a very shy child and I was and still am an introvert. So reading and writing allowed me the opportunity to delve into another world and let my imagination run wild. And of course, at home, we always had CNN or BBC playing. So there were a lot of discussions around current events and what was happening during that time. And my parents always encouraged us to ask questions and formulate our own opinions. So that also piqued my interest in world affairs and events. And eventually I ended up, I think when I was in grade one, I shadowed a journalist here in Dubai and just to get an understanding and a grasp of what it involves. And from there, I made sure that I did an internship every summer whenever possible across um, media publications, whether it was here in India, Canada, or New York, so that I could hone um, all my skills towards being a great journalist. So I think for me, it's just basically, this is what I've wanted to do. And I've made sure that I've been able to do it. That's absolutely remarkable. You don't meet too many people that knew exactly what they wanted to do with their lives right from a young age. So you are exceptional in that. The internships are interesting. What gave you the idea to do internships from a young age, just to get that 
that experience, even in the first grade, you said? So in the first grade, I wanted to know more about what a journalist does and what it entails and how they speak to people, how they write the whole process, because it was all very new to me. So I convinced my dad to speak to a local journalist here in Dubai and sort of convince her to let me shadow her around while she went about her job. So I was in the newsroom. I She even took me to the printing press. I was in awe and I knew that this is something I wanted to do. My parents told me that if this is what you want to do, then you have to work towards it and you have to make sure that you have the necessary skills and that you're improving every time so that you are able to achieve your dream. So they encouraged me to look at internships so that I could grow in the field. And particularly, I was talking to a lot of journalists during this course and they all told me how important internships are just to even get your foot in the door because what you learn on the job you're not necessarily going to learn in a classroom you need practical experience as a journalist so that was uh, my main aim of doing internships that's brilliant so you were well ahead of the curve because you didn't waste your those years when you were in your teenagers you were making the most of it learning that's absolutely brilliant I even got business cards made for myself as a student reporter because I saw all the journalists who would exchange. Oh, it. how cute. So I got myself made and it just literally said student reporter. And I would, every time I would go, I would uh, give it and in hopes of getting a story or cultivating some sources. How lovely. How old were you at that stage? I think I was 15 or 16 uh, with braces. So it was a whole... It was an experience. That's excellent. I love it. So you mentioned that you have met some really great people during your career. Are there any that were particularly memorable or events that really stand out in your mind? For me, it would be meeting Anthony Bourdain, the late celebrity chef. He was an absolute dream to work with. He was visiting Toronto to promote his new book. And I pitched that story to Vice Canada and uh, we ended up covering his visit. So it involved us making something out of his cookbook and taking it to him and interviewing him over while he ate uh, what we cooked and sort of created us on it. And it was just an absolute dream because he was such a thorough professional, so warm despite all his accomplishments and was just a producer's dream who would constantly look at you and be like, is this how you want it? Do you want me to do any retakes because a lot of times you have people who are so accomplished who will just do it their way but he was an absolute team player and that he was on my bucket list of people I wanted to interview and that was just a really memorable experience for me. How lovely, fantastic. Now let's change direction a little bit and talk about you being a passionate advocate for mental health, well-being and inclusion. When and why did it become important for you to take action within this scope? Over the course of my career, I've done a lot of work uh, in journalism within the communities of color. And there it's been evident that taboo topics such as mental health or special needs or even gender equality are something that aren't talked about as much. So for me, it was important to be able to provide a safe space and to further the conversations that were happening in these communities to be able to normalize these topics and make sure that there are resources, accessible resources, particularly available for these communities so that we can help dispel the stigma that surrounds these subjects. You have a reputation for not shying away from addressing tough topics. Is it scary to tackle topics that are considered taboo? And how do you push yourself to overcome that? I don't think it's scary because 
as a journalist, it is your job to be able to start the conversation and to ask the necessary questions around these topics. I think the one challenge is to get people with lived experiences, whether it's on mental health or special needs, or even those who have faced gender discrimination within their families or their communities, to get them to be able to come forward and share their stories and to trust us to be able to tell these deeply personal experiences. So I think that is the one challenge we've faced. But now it's come to a point where because we are able to show them the past work that we have done and we are able to get them to trust us, it's become a lot easier because we already have people on the website who've shared their lived experiences. So once you read that and you see how that story is told, it becomes a lot easier for someone to say like, okay, hey, this is how they've covered this person's experience with depression. They've done it justice. I think I can trust them to be able to tell my story as well. Yes, that makes absolute sense. Now, let's talk about Reset. And for those who haven't heard of it, can you please unpack it for us a bit? What is it about? Sure. So Reset is an online platform where we focus on providing stories and resources around mental health and well-being, gender, education, parenting, and inclusion. So here at Reset, you're going to find people's lived experiences. As I mentioned, you're going to have reported stories. We look at the intersection of these topics, particularly from the lens of policymaking. We look at how we can make the world more kinder and make sure that these resources are affordable affordable and accessible for people who need it the most. We do that through various ways. We host reset dialogues where we bring together experts or people with lived experiences to discuss a topic that is pertinent to the week. And we also do it through reset news where we are looking at the daily happenings, particularly around the pandemic and the intersection of mental health or special needs or gender. That's lovely. So you identify the gap and you are providing a solution that can make a real difference to people's lives. With mental health only recently becoming an open topic of conversation here in the Middle East, have you faced any challenges with starting Reset? And if so, what were they? It would be the ones that I mentioned before, getting people to trust us early on and to be able to share their stories, because these are very personal, intimate stories that they're trusting someone that they've never met in their life. So you have to work towards convincing them and developing that bond with them and telling them and showing them rather that you're going to be able to do justice and why they should speak out to you. So here I can give you an example. We did a story on how a 27-year-old artist was able to change her parents' mindsets, initially very conservative and didn't understand mental health, but by speaking out and by channeling her experiences into artwork and then displaying those across her school campus, across her Instagram, she was able to bring a change within her parents who are now her biggest supporters and make sure that she goes to therapy on time, that she has everything at home. They look out for any signs when she's distressed. So for us to be able to convince her and her parents to allow us to tell their story, I think that story particularly changed how we cover these topics and allowed people to see that we are the ones that they should open up to and we can be a safe space for them 
to confide about their experiences. Yes, you've given them reasons why they can trust you. You've not abused anyone's trust so far. So that's fantastic. Now, what mental health topics do you find are the most talked about in the region? Or would it be better if I said, what topics are the least talked about in the region? You choose. I think uh, most talked about, particularly in the last year with the pandemic, a lot of parents are worried about their children's mental health and how that has amplified, particularly with a lack of socializing for many kids. So that is definitely one area that's seen a rise in interest because parents are seeing that uh, the pandemic has had an effect on their kids. And then the other one, I think, would be for those who live in the UAE and are away from their families and they have families in places like India, Pakistan, Nepal, the UK, where the pandemic was really at its peak and in many countries is right now at its peak. There's a lot of fear of being away from their family members and of fear of being helpless in case of an emergency. So that also has repercussions on people living here in terms of anxiety, uh, depression, and other mental health challenges that can develop out of this fear. And then I think the third would be burnout with the work from home routine, particularly for parents who are managing distance learning, home chores, and remote working. Burnout is definitely one topic that's come to the forefront because I think everybody's just tired a lot of the time. Yes, that makes absolute sense. Now, keeping in mind that each case is unique, are there some basic tips that you can share for anyone struggling with mental health? The first thing I'd like to say is that know that there is nothing wrong with you, with what you're experiencing. Mental health is a part of our daily lives and that you should be able to speak out without fear, without judgment. It is okay to ask for help. That is something I'd like to say. Do not hesitate in asking for help, whether it is looking at free resources or support groups within the region or whether it is confiding in a friend or a loved one or going to your employer and seeing what the provisions are in your workplace for you to be able to access mental health services. And then secondly, I would say that look at what you can do within your day for yourself. So whether it is just sitting and enjoying a cup of coffee for a few minutes or whether it's treating yourself to something, anything that you can do that'll sort of give you a momentary pick me up. I think that is really important because oftentimes self-care is looked at something very elaborate, but self-care can also just be you buying yourself a coffee that you like, or it can be you saying, no, I don't want to meet this person. I'd rather just stay at home or no, this person is toxic for my mental health. I'm setting boundaries. Self-care is doing what is best for yourself. So I think that is also something I'd like to say that people really should embrace. It can be very difficult, but I think um, once you take the first step forward, it gets easier. Finally, I know that this has been said and done before, but I truly believe that getting some physical exercise or some form of exercise can really help, even if it's just distracting you from the situation on hand. But I do believe that it can be a great coping mechanism as well. Wow, those are absolutely valuable tips you've just shared. And as you said, with self-care, I think the feeling for a long time was that it's selfish and many people wouldn't want to come up or feel like they're being selfish, but it's so important for one's well-being. So excellent. And I think your point about movement also, it doesn't have to be half an hour or an hour of heavy exercise just to get moving, I think can 
can reset your your thinking at that time. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing I'd like to say is uh, given that we're all online a lot more, it's very easy to fall into a comparison trap based on what you see on social media. So just remind yourself that you're seeing people's highlight reels on social media. Very few people actually post about their failures or what went wrong in their day. So that's something to definitely keep in mind because we're all guilty of comparing our lives with what we see on a screen. So also find time to put your phone away and not doom scroll as much and just focus on yourself and your life without trying to fall into that comparison trap that often happens. I love that. Excellent. Doom scroll. Stay away from that. I love that. Very good. So you've had a fantastic career up to up until now. You've already accomplished so much. What are some of your future goals and what's next for you and Reset? For us at Reset, I think we want to continue making mental health more accessible, more affordable, and make sure that we are able to provide the resources and continue to provide a safe space where people are able to access other people's lived experiences, but also look at how mental health or the pandemic or special needs or anything, look through that lens at other topics or other areas that are pertinent in their lives. So if you look at the pandemic, for example, and the intersection of gender, more often than not, you see that it's women who are experiencing burnout because they're the ones responsible for doing all the emotional labor as well as the physical unpaid labor at home. So there's always, we want to be able to cover stories like these so that people are able to bring about change, even in small steps in their own lives or in their communities at large. Excellent. So you certainly have some exciting times to look forward to. Now we've come to the segment of our show where I will ask you a few rapid fire questions, our version of a game show. Are you ready? Yes. The first thing that pops in your head, a book you love and have read multiple times. The namesake. Name one thing on your bucket list because I know you have a bucket list. One thing on my bucket list, I think, would be finding the soonest opportunity to go to New York and uh, meet my best friend and her baby. Oh, lovely. I know you've also traveled a lot. So a favorite travel destination? London. And what is one thing you do every day, no matter how busy you are? Play with my dog. Oh, lovely. Thank you for playing along. That was the end of our game show. Now, before we wrap up, we would like to do our green pill moment. So what is the green pill advice that you would want to give to your younger self? I would tell my younger self to believe in herself more and to not hold herself back as much and to just take that leap of faith in situations where you're hesitant to because you never know how it'll just work out in your favor. Excellent advice. And I'm sure this is excellent advice that our audience will also benefit from. Akansha, thank you so much for sharing your fantastic and inspiring story with us today, as well as the excellent tips that you've shared. I'm sure our audience will thoroughly enjoy this conversation as much as I have. I know a lot of young entrepreneurs are going to be inspired by your story and your advice. Before we say goodbye, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you? And we'll also put this in the show notes. Yep. Our website is ResetYourEveryday.com and our Instagram is at ResetYourEveryday. Thank you so much, Hilmarie, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I actually love doing the rapid fire because it caught me off guard and I like to be prepared. So this was a good uh, one to keep me on my toes. Thank you again so much for joining us today. We wish you 
and reset all the very best. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.